You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. You know, in many ways, this has been a a cloud of witnesses over the years, of people who've gone before us. I think of both John Wildry and John Jack, who who pioneered this church uh, through the involvement of IBTI, and uh, men of faith, and uh, people who who trusted God, and, and the church over the years has had great moments, it's had challenging moments, it's, it's seen the ups and it's seen the downs, but if anything we've heard even today of God's faithfulness, of God doing things, of people being healed, filled with the Holy Spirit, slain in the Spirit, experiencing more of Him, and I think that's really what the church is all about, isn't it? It's about encountering Him, it's to be the house of God. It isn't just a place where we, we know religion, or we know uh, a, a system of faith, but it's a place where we know the living God. And if anything, I think we could attest to over the years that MSCC has been known as a place where people met with God. And as we look to the future, that is not something that we are transitioning from, but it's transi- we're, we're moving more into. We're hungry for more of Him, more of His Spirit. And it's not something that we want to pull back from, but it's something we want to press into more as we look to these coming days. And today I want to share about this aspect of remembering to be thankful. Remembering, and in the remembrance, it brings a place of thanksgiving. All right. I want to read a passage of Scripture in us looking at it today. And if it doesn't come up on the screen, because I think the projector just got shut off. Um, it's a Psalm 136. And uh, actually, you don't... You can look at it up in your, in, in your Bible. But Psalm 136, uh, there's one line in particular I want you guys to, to say after me. And this is, His love endures forever. Can you guys say that? His love endures forever. So I'm going to say a line, and you guys are going to say that after me. And, and you guys will be quoting Scripture today, and not even looking at your Bibles. Verse after verse after verse, you're going to be quoting Scripture and you don't even have to look at your Bibles. That's how super spiritual you guys really are. All right. So this passage of Scripture starts off saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. You know this, don't you? Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him alone who does great wonders. Who by His understanding made the heavens... Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And brought Israel out from among them. With his mighty hand and outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. Are you guys okay? Have you got this line memorized yet? We're going to keep going. We're not there yet. To him who led the people through the desert. 
who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as an inheritance. An inheritance to his servant Israel. Alright guys, you guys are starting to like diminish here. We got only three verses left. Let's sing it loud and sing it proud. We're talking about God here. To the one who remembered us in our low estate. And freed us from our enemies. And who gives food to every creature. Last one. Give thanks to the God of heaven. There you have it. Whew. You know, you guys quoted so much scripture today. It's unbelievable. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. You, could, you quoted most of that whole, the whole passage. Some of you weren't even looking at your Bibles. Wow. That's MSCC. The very first thing we're told to do in this passage of scripture is to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. In life, it's so easy to not give thanks to the Lord for a number of reasons. We, uh, we, we forget because life's busy, right? We have, we, we, God does something. God moves in our situation. But you know, the next day something else happens. We get busy and we forget that actually God has just done something. We move on and don't take note that God is on the move. Sometimes I think we're not fully aware of all that God is really doing behind the scenes in our lives to orchestrate all that he's done. And even as a church, it's very easy to go on from one season to another season and not take note of what has God done? I think just hearing those testimonies today of all that God's, and that's the tip of the iceberg. How many countless people, hundreds, could I ever even say thousands of people, over these 38 years, God has touched, changed, and transformed because of His mighty work. But there's, there's, a, there's times that we need to stop and listen and, and remember what God has done. And I believe the first thing that God calls us to do as believers is to give thanks to Him. And starting with this understanding of who He is. The very first verse that we read today says, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. We, we, we thank God for, for His goodness. He's good. God is defined as goodness. He is, when we think of goodness, we think of what good is, that's God. When you think of all that's great, that's God. When you think of all that's wonderful, all that's excellent, all that's praiseworthy, that's God. And when we, we come to a place of, of thanking Him and, and coming to a place of worship, it starts with an understanding that He's just good. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's excellent. He's kind. He's right. He's upright. He's righteous. He's holy. He's perfect in all that He is. He is good. And there's a reason for us as a church to give thanks. We need to have Thanksgiving services all the time. Not just because of what He's done, but because of who He is. He's an awesome God. And He's an amazing God. And He's a God that we can come today. And, and all of us have had maybe experiences of, of His presence in our lives. But you know what? All of that is secondary to just who He is. We thank God for Him. And that's where this whole passage of Scripture starts off with. is just thanking Him for Him. Give thanks to the Lord. For He is good. Not because of what He's done, but because who He is. He's good. But He is also, He's not just good, He's over all things. The next passage of Scripture says, 
Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Do you know we read you know, a few weeks back when we were looking at the name change to Center Church that Christ is in all things and He is above all things and He is, he is everything. He is the center, right? And so when we look at thanking God, we're looking at a God who's good. We're thinking of looking at a God who's awesome. But we're not looking at a small G God. We're looking at a, a large G God, a capital G God, a G-O-D, capital all the way through God. Who's everything. He's above everything. He's beyond everything. There's no one greater than the Lord. All power and authority is underneath Jesus' feet. Right? Because of what Christ done when, when He came upon the earth 2,000 years ago. And so we're thanking Him not only for who He is in, in His greatness, but we're also thanking Him and praising Him that He is above everything. We're not worshipping a God that's somehow competing for first place. We're thanking God that He is above everything. That He's sitting in a position that He's not wondering what's going to happen next as we are. He's in a position of awesome power who's in control of the universe. He's in control of all powers and entities. And when we look to Him, we look to the source of life itself. Because even in this, he, the, the passage of Scripture goes on. It says, To Him alone does great wonders. By Him, His understanding. He made the heavens. He who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and the stars to govern the night. He is the source of all things. He created all things. And when we give thanks to Him, we're looking at a God that's great, that's awesome, that's mighty, that's powerful, but also a God that's created all things. And our place of thanksgiving starts with God. We just are in wonder of You, and we thank You for You. We thank you that you are, or you are, you've created all things. And in this thanksgiving, it brings it into perspective, our lives and our, our insignificance when we look at his greatness. You see, thanksgiving is really difficult to be a grumbler and complainer and a thanksgiver at a, or someone who gives thanks at the same time. You see, something's powerful, but when we say, God, I thank you that you are the God of the universe. I thank you. I give you praise because you are, you are beyond all things. You, you're the source of life. Oh, but I really don't, I really don't like this. I don't really don't like that. I, I, my life really, I, I just can't go on. Well, actually, there's something about praise and thanksgiving that motivates us for the now. That changes perspective. Thanksgiving has this ability to put a smile in our heart. Because praise is there. Gratitude is there for who He is. So we're praising Him for who He is. But also then the passage of Scripture goes from who He is and, and what He's accomplished in His greatness to more of a personal transition. From verse 10 onwards, it starts to become personal. And the writer, the, the psalmist, is talking about really from the Isra Israeli perspective of, of all that God has done in, in deliverance of Israel from Egypt and, and how God led him across the... The, the Red Sea and the desert and how then led him into victory of, of conquering the kings and, and bringing them into the promised land. He brings it into a personal perspective. And so we thank God for who He is, but we thank God for what He's done. This is what we've been doing today as a church. Looking at our past to remember what God has done for the church. The psalmist was doing it, and I believe it's right that we do it. What were the healings that have happened in your life? What are the moments that God has touched you? Do you know, it's, it's important that we stop and just think back. This whole psalmist, the whole psalm that we look at is only a reflection. It has nothing to do with the future. It's only, a, it's only a reflection of, first of all, who God is, but then how God has brought them to where they are there. 
at this point. And the whole thing is just giving thanks. God, I thank you for us, you bringing me to here. I thank you for all that you've done in the church over the years. I thank you for how you've touched my life, how you've moved me. There, there's an important, uh, there's an importancy to, is that a word, importancy? It sounds like a real word, doesn't it? No? John's saying yes, and he's Scottish, so... If the Scottish say it's right, it must be right. <laughs> the, now, I don't know what a different word can I say. Importancy. Did I say importancy? There's an important... Okay, importance. We'll shorten it. There's an importance... A necessity. Oh, I'm putting the two together, aren't I? There's a necessity. There's an importance. There we go. This is an importancy. It can be a new word. It's the best of both, guys. We're combining it. It's the creative move of the Spirit in this place. There's an importancy here. That's the only thing you're going to remember of this service now, I think. The new word. Anyways, we'll move on. There is... Now, I've got to get a different hit of it. Um, there's... There's importance to giving thanks for what he's done in the past for a number of reasons. And you know, when you look at the Israelites, and I was, when I was preparing for today, I was just looking at when Joshua, when he, when he went across the, um, when he went across the Jordan, and he told them to pick up the 12 stones, right? Or boulders or whatever it was, uh, within the, the, the bed of the Jordan. When they crossed over, and they, 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 they prepared a memorial that, and, and what Joshua says is, is, so when the children, when your children ask, what is this for? You can tell them. It's a place of remembrance of this is what God did. This is, He brought us across on dry ground. He, 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 He did something fantastic in our midst. And there's importance of, as a church, for us to take note of all that He's done and put those places, like even today, where, do you know, we remember that. For, so when the children ask at some point, how did this happen? We can say, you know what? It's because of this. It's because of what God did. It's, it's, he, he answered prayer. There was moments when we didn't know the church was going to survive, but God was faithful. He kept us through. It, there's, there's an importance to, to remember. And there's, there's a few things that I was meditating on this, is why it's so important that we, we create moments of remembrance with thanksgiving. And one is that it encourages us. It builds our faith. It puts in courage because part of our journey, this isn't the end. You know, as the end of the video, as Chris had put there, this is, this is one, we're closing a chapter, but the book hasn't finished. The book doesn't finish until God says, it's finished. In the sense of, He returns and we're with Him and, whew, we're in eternity. But for now, we're closing a chapter to open another. And so we need this encouragement. We need to put in courage in our hearts because there will be challenges ahead. And you know what? Within this congregation, there are people who have fought battles in the Spirit in the past. And we need those stories of remembrance for the courage to face tomorrow. We need to hear that God was faithful when, when, when you were, um, when you were suffering with illness or when you were uh, feeling alone or feeling stressed or as a church you were going through challenges. Do you know what? Those stories need to be heard in the future of how God was faithful. That the next generation hears that, you know what? This isn't, this isn't anything new. What you're going through. In fact, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. 
Although we, there's ever-increasing experiences we can have with God, there's nothing new. And I think some of you have been in the church for a long time. You, you'll see that there's nothing new. Maybe the music's a bit different style, and maybe it looks a little bit different. But really, the issues of church just are all the same. How many can say amen to that? There's nothing really new. And so we need the stories. We need to the remembrance that when God was faithful in the past, He'll be faithful tomorrow, and He will be faithful in the coming days. Stories of remembrance also build faith for the, for the now. What God did, that He was, he, he accomplished those great things, hearing people being healed, hearing Pauline's testimony of the doctor saying, you'll never, you'll never walk beyond the next three years, and look at her now. Well, she's not walking, but she, she does walk. Trust me. Right? She does walk. 13 years on, she's walking. She's a walking storm. Why? Because of God's faithfulness, His healing, His touch upon her body. And there's other stories in this place of God doing things and great, uh, moving in, in people's lives in fantastic ways. And we need to build one another's faith as we look to the future. Why were the stones important to be on the side of the river? Is so the next generation of children would have this faith in God that if God could part the Jordan River, He can move in our situation right now. Those stones were there for a purpose. That they would look at them and say, yes, God was faithful then. God will be faithful now. There's nothing different. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The stories of remembrance also strengthen the body. There comes a source of hope. I looked at the pictures. as it, you know, We looked at lots of pictures this past week. It was great. But there was something in me that saying, if God could do that then, I want to see even greater things to come. There was something of hope that put in my heart that if this place was packed, if, if the park was packed with people, if all those things happened then, God, surely you can do those things again. Hope was put in my heart. As, uh, uh, there was a strengthening in me that says, you know what, we can do it. Because God did that then. He certainly can do it now. But also, stories of remembrance instruct us of the ways of God. Someone mentioned the importance of prayer. In these moments of challenge, you prayed and God answered. You came to the front, people prayed for you, God healed. There, there's this teaching, stories teach us. Those stones were to teach the children. Why were the stones important? It's because this is what God did. Why is that important? It's so that when you face it, this is what you do. You trust God. You put your hope in Him. You know, we need, we need to be a church that's generationally passing that on to our children, onto the next generation. That this is how we do life. This is how we interact with God. This is what the church looks like in the community. We, the stories of the past are the building blocks of our future. And they instruct us and they help us to know that this is how God moves. This is how God can move. I want to ask the question, what has God been doing in your life? It's important that we, we don't just move on with the show, but we take moments to stop and remember what are the great miracles that have happened in your life. Do your children, do the people around you know those stories? Those who are older in our congregation that you've walked a few miles in your life, you know what? Don't stop telling your stories of God's provision, of God's faithfulness, of God's handiwork in your lives. We, we need to hear it as a church. Don't let the stories die with you. Pictures are great, but you know, the pictures need a story to go with it of, of what God did. I'm excited to make some new stories in the future, but it's important that we keep these stories of our hearts of the past alive in us. 
So much of the Old Testament, you have these places of remembrance. So much of the Psalms is remembering what God has done. Remembering, remember this, remember that. There's constantly this point of looking back of what God did, what God did, what God did. Why to encourage for the, for the future. In closing a chapter, we don't forget the past, but we draw from the past to encourage us for the future. We look to that, to, we look to that, the previous chapters of this church to draw from it for the coming days of what lies ahead. And so we thank God for who He is. We thank God for what He's done. But we also thank God for why He's done it. What was the line of Scripture that you guys quoted so well? Oh good, you've remembered it. you still got it. I think the, the psalmist was trying to make a point there. And I didn't just do that for effect. It was the, it's there in the Bible. Go home and read it. Again and again and again and a few times. His love endures forever. You know, there's a reason of the why. God is great. He's awesome. He does great things. But why does He do great things in our midst? Why does He heal? Why does He take care of us? Why does He help us? Because His love endures forever. His love is permeates through it. It keeps going. It's unrelenting. It, it keeps going forever. I, it's just... His love endures forever. It's an awesome thought when you just stop and think about this, those words. His love just keeps going forever. It endures means it keeps persevering forever. In the New Living Translation of Psalm 23, 6, I, I really love how, how it's put. It says, Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. The other translations say follow. But follow isn't as nice as pursue. And if you think, if you really look back in Scripture of what the, the, the meaning, it isn't just follow as if I'm going on a journey and it's somewhere back there. It's pursuing me. His love pursues us. Why do we have the goodness of God towards us? It's because His love is pursuing you. And it's displayed in His goodness towards us. Romans 8 speaks of this, this love that can't be, that we can't be separated from. We're pursued by it, but we're also not separated from it. Thinking God has, all the great things God has for us comes with this backbone of love. And being thankful for His love helps us also receive His love. You see, sometimes we don't always acknowledge His love is the heart of it. There's something quite powerful about just saying, God, I thank you for your love. There's something that opens our hearts when we, we reflect on his love towards us. Not just what he's done, but the motive of why he's done it. He loved us. He cares for us. And this is an unfailing love that just keeps going and going. And even on moments when my love for him fails, his love endures forever. He pursues me with His love and His goodness. That's the God that we serve. But by being thankful for it, we, we receive it. But we, by being living in a state of, of being thankful, we also can be lived, living in it and being changed by it. His love has the amazing ability to change us. 
We see in Scripture as well that it's His love and the motive of love that disciplines us, that challenges us. His love is the love of a, of a true Father who doesn't want us just to be who we are, but wants us to become more like Him. And so even the challenges that the church has went through over the years, sometimes those have been good challenges that God has maybe allowed to refine the church, to make the church better, to make us better. Sometimes the, the, the difficult things that we face, we face because He wants to show us His love. And sometimes it can be difficult to equate at the moment, why am I facing this? Why am I going through that? Do you know what? God has a perfect plan. He will not let those who trust in Him fail. He promises that. Why? Because He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. He's a loving Father that will see you through to the other side. You know, at the very heart of it all, our salvation brings this all together. God is great. He's awesome. He's the creator of all things. Because of man's sin, we were separated from Him. But then, out of His great love, He, he per- pushed past all of that and reached down to you and I to find us, to rescue us, and display His great grace and His great mercy towards us. That when we turn and just respond to Him, we receive Him. We receive His life. We receive a new life in Him. And this whole passage of Scripture of giving thanks comes into perspective that He has done it all. He is God. He's created you. But He's brought you and Him together. And there's, there's a sense that the whole passage of Scripture is calling us to just give thanks for Him. For who He is. God has done great things in this church. And I believe will continue to do great things in this church. But today we're stopping and giving thanks for Him. For who He is. For what He's done. And that His love never fails. And those of you who have walked with the Lord a long time, you get to test to this today. His love never fails. It endures forever. I want to do something a little bit different just as we end. Are you okay to do different? Depends on what different is. <laughs> I, I want to... It's one thing for a few people to give thanks. But I think it's important that we all give thanks. And uh, not to say I'm going to call everyone up to give thanks before everyone else. But could we break up into very small groups and just give a prayer of thanksgiving as a, as a group? Could we do that? I know we don't normally kind of do that as a, as a church. But I think it's important today, of all days, that we just thank God for who He is for what He's done, and for His unfailing love towards us. And so if there's something in your heart in particular you want to thank God for, then do that in a prayer. It doesn't need to be a long prayer. Please don't make it a long prayer. It's just a to-the-point prayer of, God, I thank you for whatever that is from your heart. Can we break up in just small groups, maybe three or four people, and just maybe if, if you feel confident to pray aloud, if you don't feel confident to pray aloud, then just say amen to everyone else's prayer. But just take a moment and we're going to just pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.